Hello all. Welcome to our next episode of the West Coast Infidels podcast series. In this episode we will preview the second test scheduled to start in Delhi and then touch upon a few interesting matters that have dominated the extended break between the two tests. I have with me the irrepressible Vijay Kumar who provides the much needed levity in our discussions and our super analyst Ram who insists that Microsoft is not evil. <laughs> Before we go to the second test per se I would like to celebrate the achievement of Cheteshwar Pujara getting to his 100th test a lot of folks wanted the selectors to declare when he was in his 90s but the selectors stood firm and he reached another 100 Vijay Ram your thoughts Yeah Ashwin wrote a beautiful piece on cricket for calling Pujara the Mirgam so definitely a must read to look at how he has been a good team player and overall the stubbornness that he shows at the crease seems to be a common trait in all his arguments with anybody for that matter so it was really good but it's not the kind of cricketer that you immediately fall in love with it's this almost justin langer style of cricketer who strike who's kind of wears you down by his very presence in the field and so on and he took over that number 3 position from our current coach so kind of a personality that has to grow on you he replaced an iconic player he came in and then he has kind of made that number 3 position as well he did survive a couple of dodgy seasons but otherwise a very reliable presence in the top order all the most recent victories have his contribution to kind of underscore that point just stats wise I believe he's the 13th indian to reach the milestone of 100 tests and he went past azaruddin in that process from that 99 test mark they should have counted more than 99 <laughs> ooh that that cut deep <laughs> i was going to say azar is kind of always almost there kind of a guy 99 test with the highest score of 199 kind of never really fulfilled this potential <laughs> the other thing that for me differentiates pujara is that typically our number 3 is also the first slip right that is like whoever goes at number 3 is typically the one standing at slip but i don't think chepu ever graduated to that role and more often than not we see him is catching positions in front of the wicket even today um so if the occasion doesn't overwhelm him and going by everything we know about him it shouldn't i think we'll probably see a typical soul crushing innings uh, from our number 3 now yeah i mean it's it's funny you say that about you know uh, retiring in the 90s versus making it to the 100 right the classic case of a guy who was slow who slowed down in his 90s basically got dropped even right and and really if not for that fantastic uh, season that he had in england I, i doubt he would have come back into the team maybe we would have probably given a few more chances and failing which we would have moved on to the next person jara would have been pretty much out of the picture but that season that he did in england i think to me really personifies who pujara is just doesn't give up you know 95ish tests and he's like nope I've, i've got to come back i've got to find a way to come back to the team and he made it back to the team and then of course we had that 100 that he scored in the chattogram uh, test as well right that guy has been for me this whole number 3 inheriting or succession plan to drive it it was always on the cards given how that first debut test of his turned out right he came into bat at number 3 fourth innings chase tricky chase close to 200 if i'm not wrong made a 70 yard very high sr like in the in the in the 70s i'm quoting from memory here and then i guess that 
right there set the tone that the day Dravid called it a day would be the next uh, number three and then that's what we've seen. 7,000 plus runs and I think again that is also as it were some sort of a milestone not too many Indian batters have made 7,000 runs and of course now that he's going to go play his 100th test at the court lab in the it's been a wonderful innings. Will he make it to an all-time India 11? Perhaps not. Yeah. He may <laughs> be one of the extra batters, you know, the reserve batters or something like that, but probably not right there in terms of making it to the 11. But of course, he will still actually, at least for this era, remain one of our finest, finest players. That innings that he played against, that solitary test that we won against England in that series which he lost, the 200 that he made, masterclass on, on how to play Spain. And of course, he's done that multiple times you know i think he's the only player to have scored 500 runs of a single he's made 500 runs of nathan lyon spread across three or four different series i mean that's just like amazing right few times he's been criticized we don't think you play spin well these days and aren't you struggling against leon i mean these are questions that came up after the last which we won just a quick quick interjection (laughs) so if nathan lyon is called the goat then it makes Pujara the shepherd, shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> the shepherd no? But anyway, the, the, those are some memories of Ashwar Pujara for me. The 100th test will be well-deserved. And who knows, I mean, uh, as to what his future after that is going to be, I think will be a very, very interesting thing to see. But in the meantime, good luck to the 100th test. Uh, he's been a very, very good servant of the game for Indian cricket. He slipped into some very, very big shoes of our current coach. I remember that 72 not out in the tricky chase, the out. second test of that series. What was made more tricky was the first test was that nail-biting game which we had VVS and Ishant and Oja mm. somehow scramble home a win. And the fear was that we'll have the same situation, but this guy just closed the door very firmly. That piece of batting in Sydney and at the Gabba, really set the tone. And here he is, that series, like you pointed out, Ram, that series for Sussex in England in the summer of last year was his saving grace, if you will. He batted so well. I think he finished as a second highest run scorer in both divisions put together in the Red Ball game. And he played so well in the ODI game that they made him the captain. They got (laughs) to the semifinals or I think the eliminator. So he took them very far. I don't think he played in that game, but he had scored a lot of runs in both formats, both the white ball and the red ball. In fact, there were jokes floating around that he's ready for the IPL, given the amount of white ball runs he had scored. So wishing Pujara a wonderful 100th test and hopefully he'll do his thing yep. and make sure that the Kotla remains unconquered. Now, let's go over to the here and now with Vijay. Yeah, so the Australians are coming to Kotla kicking and screaming. They really don't want to go there, but they don't have a choice. They'll have to face the same old nightmares that they had in Nagpur, the capital now. And they just might abandon that six-batter rule. Again, they, they have felt the need for an extra bowler and could very well be another spinner if the media is to be believed. Again, this is just the 11 that I came up with after piecing together every expert from down under was given their voice around who should play and who should not play. Kwaja retains his place, head will open. Of course, the two annoying twins retain their places, Smith and Labushan. And then at number five, 
we might see Hans Combe because he really didn't do anything any worse than anybody else. So why not have him play again? And then he's going to be followed by Green. And Green could also become the opening new ball with his captain, Cummins. Carey would probably proceed Cummins in the lineup. And then three spinners. So there is a... I, I don't know who to believe, but it could be Agar. It could be the new guy they've plucked from nowhere, Conyman. Conyman. <laughs> Conyman. Yeah. Uh, and then the the very seasoned and very effective off-spinner, which is not Lion, but Murphy. <laughs> and Lion coming up to complete the 11 because I think he really does a good job of singing the team song. Now, for India, again, I was trying to see what is the one surprise that they can do. Ram, you were of the opinion that Ayer might not be ready, but maybe he is ready. He is. If he's ready, then I don't see why they will not pick him over. Right? Absolutely. And, uh, I think the other 10 kind of was going to say pick themselves. No, none of them are picking themselves. <laughs> Some of them are again being picked by forces unknown. So the Indian lineup is probably be, let's see, Irma, KL Rahul, Pujara in his 100th course, and then we go to Ayer, and then we start with the real batters, Jareja. Aksar, Ashwin, and the two Pacers. I was going to see if they will try with Unatkat for any reason, but they kind of squashed all that bias into to domestic cricket. So the, the preview is like, doesn't matter who will win the toss, they will choose to bat. And then they will wait for sort of the 25th element that the Australians keep talking about, which is the natural variation to come into play. <laughs> <laughs> the, the natural variation was explained by Ravinda Jadeja, right? I just put the ball there and just wait for it to spin whatever way it wants to. Seriously, it became so annoying at one point in the commentary box that like, guys, enough with the subtle hint. It's, they're actually good bowlers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for me, it's basically the Arun Jetli Stadium, I think technically the name of the stadium, but we should absolutely be marketing it as the Kotla Tair or the, or, or the you know, very much in the Abatoir uh, mold, right? I'm actually forced to bring that comparison, you know, simply... Because of, you know, how many times we heard that whole come to Gaba. Poor Janta here, our press barely makes any noise about it. The, the comparisons to the Kotla ground is startling because, you know, India last lost a test to the West Indies in November of 1987. And uh, eight of those 11 players ended up at the Gaba one year later almost exactly one year later, 1988, to win that test against Australia. And we got a lot of publicity about who those guys were and how Ambrose and Marshall and and, and Patterson and Walsh, I mean, they were the guys who actually beat the Australians last time. And here we have T. Natarajan, some unknown guy, Washington Zundar, yet another unknown guy, blah, blah, right? So yeah, the Kotla is a fortress as far as India is concerned. And we'll see how that goes. So moving on to the team, I think you're right. I mean, Shreyas, like the Terminator is back. So he will absolutely have to bat ahead of Sky. I mean, you can't push back a guy with an average of 56 in his first seven or tests and he does have great success on subcontinental pitches he was wonderful in Bangladesh so yeah so there's no question of Shreya so you're not playing if he's fit and we know that Sky was essentially backing him up again you mentioned the fifth bowler element which I completely agree I mean if Australia want to win they want to play that fifth bowler whether they play Conhaman uh, that that guy kind of sounds like our version of Noel David who remember <laughs> 
ஒன்ல and if he is not fit enough to bowl then they do have a if he is fit enough to bowl he takes a new ball i mean you know mohammad siraj bowled one over in the last test <laughs> so so yeah green is capable of bowling that one over uh, in this in this one because i think pitch wise uh, the kotla is really not going to offer anything different from what uh, australia on the other hand this whole warner and rumors of his death being great greatly exaggerated in my opinion i would still play warner when i look at matt renshaw on the other hand i mean that guy looked like a complete wreck did not feel like he belonged at all in that stage and and i do not have a great case to drop david warner and play matt renshaw instead even if they want to open with matt renshaw like he did back in the 2017 series it just just doesn't sound like a good idea at least to me if i were making a selections and i know they may choose to do it differently warner would still play quaja would still play of course marnus and smith i would bring in head instead of renshaw so he's got to go head will come in instead he'll play in his usual middle order spot at number 5 and of course you know if green is uh, fit out goes handcom in comes green and if ki green is not fit and he, or he can't bowl then maybe they just need to fit in that fifth bowler instead and have carry bat at six and then of course three spinners whoever they are murphy will be one lion will be one and one of the left armers cummins will definitely play and they can pick between stark and boland for the last spot that's uh, my two cents asad before the series started the general consensus was that the one venue where india would be substantial favorites was going to be the kotla I mean, it's just simply not been cracked by any opposition teams as a very, very long time, as you pointed out. Gone are the days of the great Sitaram, who used to produce those roads that were smoother and flatter than even Rajpath. We used to get scores of 700 and a million and all that stuff. And then the, the pitch changed. And then came the master of the Kotla, one Mr. Anil Kumble, who came and just took down anybody who dare set foot in his kingdom. He was virtually unplayable at the Kotla. I mean, the number of games he's won for us at the Kotla is no joke. And if you noticed, even in the last few years, in the IPL, the wicket has been slow and sticky and turning, which uh, actually went against the squad that the Delhi Capitals put up when they had picked up a whole bunch of quicks and then found that they were bowling on a very slowish pitch. So to me, Kotla will be slow. It will turn. The team winning the toss will want to bat first. And like most tests in India, my thinking is that it will be decided in the second and third innings of the game, where depending upon who does the better batting in this, is going to win. That said, the Indian batters have to come to the party. Okay. We cannot just rely on Rohit and the all-rounders to get us to the magical 400. This presents a perfect game, perfect opportunity for the hometown hero to announce his return to form in whites as well. Hopefully that will happen. Yeah, a, yeah. Strong, a strong showing from him will rub off on the others. and that will actually deflate the australians completely because his return to form would pretty much signal that that is the end of the series for them because once he gets going he's not going to stop well hope that happens in spite of conventional wisdom we will go higher than the sky i don't think there's going to be any other change in the team gil will still not play which will keep a lot of people busy while they take shots at kl 
Australia, I concur with you guys. The presence of a fifth bowler is important. And I think Head will come in for Renshaw. And I see either Green or Agar coming in. If it is Green, then we'll probably have Kuhneman playing as the left-arm spinner. If it is Agar, then they'll have to play Stark. So they're going to play five bowlers. And depending upon Green's fitness to bowl a few overs, it will impact the Kuhneman versus Stark decision. The rest of the guys pick themselves. I think Warner Kwaja will stay. That to me is the Australian lineup. Absolutely. Again, it is going to be another typical subcontinent game. And the differentiator to me is going to be the relentless bowling attack that we have. Okay. We've got five bowlers who are not going to give them an inch. The three spinners and these two quicks are very, very good at their job in India. They are not going to bowl outside the stumps unless they get some kind of out-of-body performance by Steve Smith and Marlis Rabushin. Australia is going to be very hard-pressed to beat us. The last time we lost a test in India was because Joe Root decided to bat like well, Joe Root of 2021-2022. He was fabulous. Steve Smith is more than capable of that. And Marlis is a very good player. The evidence of that one test. He's just not a Australia-only batter. But I think this relentless firepower that we have with the ball, they're not going to get any freebies. There's not going to be any point at time where these guys are going to get free runs. So we start as favorites. For sure. Yeah. The only thing is that I, I'm waiting for the pictures of the pitch to appear. Somebody will post a picture of the pitch that look like moon craters and that is it. Right then and there, the Australian team will keel over. Thoughts, guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that that's what it sounds like. I think uh, calling India the overwhelming favorite and one test closer to that ticket to the over. Let's see how it goes. And then we'll find out more about it after the test when we get back together. Okay, one now... new worry is that it will be another three-day affair. And I don't know what to do with the rest of the <laughs> two days. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. this time uh, one hopes that they do a better job of, you know, asking for pitch practice on the fourth day. If they lose one more <laughs> test by the third day, the curator See, will ask, you, you why do you need to know you, anything about a fourth yeah. day, man? You never last that long. <laughs> Levity aside, I thought this is a good opportunity for us to talk about something that is not related to the Border Gavaskar Trophy. The player auction for the Women's Premier League took place on Monday. To nobody's surprise, the superstars of the national team and everybody in the Australian World Cup team and a couple of English players had a wonderful payday. Now, RCB fans are over the moon. Thanks to the addition of not just Mandana, but Perry as well. And then I think they got Heather Knight too in the team. Is it? There's another batter in the middle whom they picked up. So this is full of firepower. And then they've got two of the best quicks in the business. They've got Renuka and Megan Short. Correct. Now, a recurring theme, though, across the teams is that in every team, a couple of playing slots are open. And that's reflective of the lack of depth of Indian cricket on, on women's side. And we're going to see a lot of names we've never heard before. We don't know how good they are, to be fair. This will give an opportunity for some of them to come through. Maybe we will see an Ashwin or a Jadeja come through. Or we'll see a pa what Parvinder Avana. Or, and, Par or uh, Parani Amarnath. Or Parani Amarnath 
happen. We don't know. We will see where this is headed. But I think the model for all the franchises is let the Indian stars and the Australians try to win the games. The rest of all just hang around and just make up the eleven. When the ball comes to me, that kind of thing. The compensation has been outstanding. I mean, that's a huge bonus to the whole concept of women's franchise cricket. In fact, the women's hundred is supposed to have done very well, but I think the WPL has completely upended that. Some of the leading lights are earning more in one month than they would for a couple of years in their current franchises or home associations. So. This is fabulous and 22 games, it all looks very good. I think we had a question when we talked about this a few months ago as to what is the potential for BCCI to mess this up. Fingers crossed. So far. They'll hold on. They're playing 11 games at the CCI, Brabon, and 11 games at the DY Patel. All the players are flying in from South Africa after the World Cup. So they've cut out all the logistics. They've made it very contained. So they've done all the right things. Correct. So hopefully this will lead to some good times. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like I said, we were discussing before, the WPL needs to attract a lot of TV viewers for it to succeed. So they are getting, I'm hoping, will start amping up soon. And I think their one challenge is that when they start the WPL, I think somewhere either after or in between the third India-Australia test match still going on, right? So there's going to be a little bit of upselling that is needed to get some eyeballs on this one. They're in a three-day match could actually help the cause for the WPL. Yeah, they but uh, most of these games are in the night. It's still going to be fatigue, I think, right? You're, you're watching cricket all day and then this comes up. Really? As, uh, People are fatigued uh, watching yeah. cricket all day? <laughs> we are talking out. about Ahmadis, mango people. <clears throat> I was just saying, when you're marketing something, you want maximum attention to the product. And I, it just could be that the India-Australia series could be a bit of a distraction for them. But you're saying, Ram? I was kind of looking at the the way the, uh, the auction numbers were coming out. I think so they've got Smithy Mandana, Ashley Gardner, and Deepti Sharma as the three top people, all of them in the region of three crores or so. And and that is, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what three crores translates to in USD. Nets yep. uh, giver too. Nets giver brand. I remember when they announced the packages and the packages were at like 12 crores or something, we were wondering, hey, that's not enough because when we started the men's IPL, it was at set at 50 crores or something like that. And here we are with 12 crores. But clearly, even with differential, it feels like payday has been huge for some of these people. Hopefully, the purses will only get bigger and bigger if they have a very successful WPL. The very first IPL, you know, there were many questions, you know, whether we'd get it right, we get it wrong and stuff. You know, the BCCI seems to have done everything right. I mean, there's only one thing that ticked me off so far. is the UP Warriors name. I don't know, it bothers me that they've got a Z at the end. Sometimes I think, you know, we are the wrong audience with watching this sort of thing even. Of all the things that <laughs> worry us, you're worried about a Z at the end. Could be numerology, let's leave it at that. <laughs> okay. But I was going to say, the, the very first IPL closely followed the Indian team winning the inaugural T20 World Cup. So let's hope that tradition at least continues. The (laughs) under-19 team has already taken care of one aspect of it. Taken care of one world. Rather, (laughs) these folks win as well. So there's a game tomorrow, correct? There is a game against the West Indies tomorrow. And again, a lot is going to depend on our game against England. 
tomorrow being February 15th at the time of this recording. February 15th at the time of this recording. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what we have as far as the WPL is concerned, I guess. So with that, that's a wrap. Thank you, everyone, and hope you enjoyed our perspective on the preview and the WPL. And stay tuned for more episodes. Oh.